Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Beacon Church online worship experience. I'm so glad you've joined us today. Uh, throughout the month of June, we are doing a series called Greater Than. Week one, we looked at how uh, beauty is greater than fear. Week two, we looked at how friendship is greater than pain. And today, week three, we're going to look at how love is greater than superiority. In case you've missed the previous messages, they're, allowed, they're, uh, they're on our podcast and they're also on our YouTube channel. So please uh, feel free to go and check them out. Uh, in case you haven't listened to them, I just want to let you know that each of these messages is a standalone message in itself. So it's not like a continuation. In case you've missed the first two weeks, you can still listen to today because it will be a message in itself. So today I want to read from Luke chapter 7. Uh, starting from verse 37 all the way to verse 48. So it's a bit of a longish story. Bear with me as I read this to you. Luke chapter 7, verse 37 to 48. This is what it says. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, The one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Let me read verse 47 and 48 again for you. This is what it says. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little, and he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Pray with me for a moment as we ask the Holy Spirit just to help us see Jesus in our time together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to come and read your scripture, and we pray that through this we will see a fresh revelation of Jesus, that our hearts will be open to knowing you, to receiving and acknowledging your truth, 
And we thank you in advance that by the time our time together is done today, that our lives will have changed for the better. Because in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures evermore, is what your word says. So I pray that today we will leave this particular broadcast feeling the pleasure of heaven, the joy of heaven, the goodness of heaven manifesting in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. I love this little story, the story of a very, very sinful woman. She, was, she had a public um, image, I suppose, of being a very uh, sinful woman. And uh, back in those days, uh, if you had that image, it came with a lot of shame. People sort of looked at you as a second-class citizen and uh, treated you like one too, and you were the talk of the town because everybody knew what you were up to, what your lifestyle was like, uh, where you di- what you did, who you did it with, where you went. All of that was public knowledge. And one day Jesus is having a dinner at a friend's house. His name is Simon. He's a Pharisee. He's a teacher of biblical knowledge and biblical truth. Uh, he's an expert in religious matters. And uh, and as he's having dinner, this particular woman comes and, and breaks open this, uh, this, this uh, flask of very expensive ointment, starts to uh, wipe Jesus' feet with her hair, just really loves on Jesus. And, and this particular man, Simon, goes, um, if Jesus was really a prophet, he would have known what sort of woman this is and who it is that's touching him because she is a sinner. Simon can't understand why Jesus, a holy God, uh, a teacher of the law, a teacher of the word of God, uh, someone who claims to be the son of God, is allowing a sinful woman to come and just love him and touch him and, and pour ointment on his feet and wipe his feet with her hair. And Simon's going, do you know what? I wonder if Jesus is really a prophet because if he was, he would know what sort of woman this is. And, uh, and Jesus goes on to tell Simon a story and said, he said, hey, let me, let me ask you something. Suppose, uh, uh, suppose there were two people who were in debt. One had a large amount of debt and one had a little amount of debt. Uh, and, uh, and, the, and the debt collector, the, um, um, the money lender, uh, called the two people and said to both of them, hey, your debt's forgiven. To the one who had a large amount of debt, said, your, your debt's forgiven. To the one who had a small amount of debt, he says to them, look, your, sin is, your, your debt is forgiven. Jesus says, which out of the two debtors do you think will love the money lender more? And, uh, and Simon says, well, that's, that's easy. Um, the person who had the larger debt will obviously love the money lender more because a large amount of debt is, is being forgiven. Jesus said, well, that's the right answer. And Jesus says, listen, that's not my point. My point is this. From the time I came to this house, this woman has been just loving on me. Uh, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Because whoever is forgiven little loves little, but this woman has been forgiven much. Jesus demonstrates and gives a masterclass on how love works. 
that love is greater than superiority. You see, in this story, Simon the Pharisee, he had a feeling that he was right and he hadn't committed any sin and he was, he was a person who had a good image in society and everybody thought well of him and he was not like this sinner who, who, was, who, was, who, was, who had a terrible image, lived in shame and everybody knew what she did and who she did it with and where she went. And Simon felt like he was superior than this woman. And uh, Simon felt, oh, well, Jesus really doesn't know what sort of woman this is. But Jesus just goes in and gives a master class on love. And Jesus says, Simon, that is not how love works. Love is not about your image. <laughs> love is not about what people think about you. Love is not about how people perceive you. Love is all about how much you've been forgiven. And if you have been forgiven much, you will love much. I have just three things to share, three thoughts to share from this story. And the first thought is this. It's not about your public image. It's about love. Being a follower of Jesus Christ is not about being seen to look right and say the right words and think the right thoughts and so that everyone in society thinks, oh, here's a perfect example of what a Christian looks like. No, no, no. My friends, love is greater than a public image. Love is greater than superiority. It's not about your image. It's about love. And today, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you have lived all your life trying to preserve your image, protect your image, uh, even promote your image, I want to just cut across all of that and say, why don't you leave your image down and pick up something that is greater than an image, greater than superiority, and pick up something called love. Open your heart to the reality that your sins, that are many, have been forgiven by Jesus, washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus died in your place, and the blood of Jesus was shed when His hands were nailed, and His feet were nailed, and His side was pierced, and His back was whipped, and His beard was pulled, and a crown of thorns was driven into His skull. In fact, He had so much stress in a garden called the garden of Gethsemane that when he began to sweat he began to sweat blood the blood of Jesus was shed for your sins and mine so no matter who you are where you've been what you've done who you've done it with Jesus Christ today calls you forgiven and I'd much rather have that title that I'm forgiven than the title of any superiority that comes from a public image because it doesn't matter what people think about me it matters what God thinks about me. And I want to tell you today, do you know what God thinks about you? Forgiven, loved. That's the way God sees you. And so whether you have a good image or whether you have a bad image, whether you have a great image or whether you have a poor image, whether you find yourself incredibly feeling incredibly superior or incredibly inferior, my message to you today is this, love is greater than your image. Love is greater than what people think about you. And today, why don't you embrace love? Second thing I want to share with you today is when you realize that love is greater than superiority, love is greater than your image, is this. When it comes to love, it's not about what you keep. It's not about what you keep. It's what you give away. This woman came into the house while Jesus was having dinner. And she gave away the most expensive thing in her life. 
She, she gave away the most expensive thing. She broke an alabaster jar full of perfume. She couldn't undo that deed. It was not so much about, oh, here's Jesus. What can I get from him? Uh, what, what, what can I keep? What do I gain? No, no, no. She gave. Why? Because she had been forgiven much and she loved much. Can I encourage you today that uh, you, may not, you may not feel this, but giving is greater than keeping. You may not know this, but being a blessing to somebody else is greater than being blessed. And if you find yourself in a place where you say, you know, I, f- I find it so hard to give. I find it so hard to give because I'm afraid for me, I'm afraid for my future. I want to say to you, the reason it is hard is because you don't know that you have been forgiven much. Everything you have ever done, said, thought in the past, present, and future is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you have been forgiven much. I want to challenge and encourage you. Make a life out of giving, not out of keeping. This woman Realize that it's not about keeping, it's about giving. So can I encourage you as Beacon Church, be lavish with your gifts. Be lavish with your honor. Be lavish with your praise for one another. Outdo one another, the Bible says, in doing good. When you see people, honor them, praise them, appreciate them. Because they are people made in the image of God. Learn to give. Number three, she realized That the focus is not so much about sin, but the focus is about forgiveness. Today I want to say to you, God in heaven is not mad at you. He's not angry. He's not sitting there with a notepad counting and recording every sin you've ever committed. Some of us live that way and behave that way. And it's because of that we go back and revisit sins from five years ago and ten years ago. And those memories come to our mind and we say, God, I'm forgiven, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And you've been saying sorry for the same sin for 20 years. Stop it! God was in Christ, the Bible says, reconciling the world to himself, not holding their sins against them. I want to say to you today, love is greater than your image Love is greater than feeling superior to other people. Why? Because when you realize that, you realize that it's not about sin, it's about forgiveness. And forgiven people can forgive people. And today, if you have bitterness in your heart about what your mom did or didn't do, or what your dad said, or what he didn't say, or what your teachers did or did not do, or how people treated you, and you find it really difficult to forgive, you can't do it unless you realize how deeply you have been forgiven yourself. My friends, love is greater than your image. Love is greater than your feeling. Love is greater than what people think of you or feel about you. And you can be like this woman, and you can be in a room where nobody likes you, and you have the worst image possible. But guess what? Love is what matters. Let me pray with you for a moment today and ask that this love will become reality in your life. Pray with me, please. Father, I pray for every person today struggling with their image. Some of us struggle with the fact that we feel superior to others. Some of us struggle with the fact that we feel inferior to others. 
But today I pray that you will purge our mind of our image, our image-conscious world, and help us to live in the awareness that it is your love that matters. Father, help us to live lives defined by how loved we are and not by what people think about us. So I pray if there's any person living in guilt and shame, today love will come and fix that. If there's any person living in pride and saying, well, I've been a Christian and I'm good and I am righteous and I have not made any mistakes and if we feel superior, I pray, Lord, you will help us to live in love. I pray in Jesus' name for every person listening to me that, Lord, we will be givers and not keepers. Like this woman lavished love on Jesus of our time, of our money, of our energy, of our resources, of everything that we own. Help us to live in a revelation and an understanding that we are forgiven people. And because we are forgiven people, we are givers. Thank you that love is greater than superiority. And I pray for every person today who is focused on their sin. I pray, God, that you will give us the revelation to focus on our forgiveness, that we will have the confidence that we are the righteousness of God. We declare today that love is greater than human image. Love is greater than superiority. Love is greater than anything that people may think about us or say about us. Let that be reality in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I want to also give you an opportunity, if you've never done so, to say yes to the love of Jesus Christ. You may have tuned in today and you may not be a follower of Jesus Christ, but you have an opportunity today to say yes to the love of Jesus. Jesus loves you. And no matter what sin may be in your life, no matter how you see yourself, you may see yourself as inferior or you may see yourself as superior. It doesn't matter. Jesus sees you loved. Jesus died, was buried, and was risen again. And if you will take a simple decision today to believe in your heart that Jesus died and confess with your mouth that he was risen from the dead, the Bible says you have the opportunity to start this love relationship with Jesus. If you'd like to do that, I'd like to lead you in a very simple prayer. Please feel free to repeat this prayer after me, and I'd love to help you make this decision. So pray with me. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died and that you rose again. I give you my life, and I receive yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Whew. Well, I believe if you've made that prayer, You've made the most important decision of your life. You've said yes to the love of Jesus. It's not about what people think about you. It's not about your public image. Love is greater than superiority. I'd love to help you take your next steps, pray for you, connect you to the family here at Beacon Church. So please, please, will you reach out to us, connect with us through our website or our social media platforms. We will definitely get in touch with you and help you take your next steps. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this message has helped you, why don't you share it with a friend? It might bless them too. This message will be available on our podcast as well as on our YouTube channel. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you next week. God bless. Good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us again. This is the last 
uh, Sunday in June, and we've come to part four of our Greater Than series. I hope you've uh, enjoyed the series so far. Uh, we've been doing four standalone messages on the topic Greater Than, in case you've missed it. Uh, it's available to listen on our podcast, and you can also catch up on the entire Sunday service on our YouTube channel. So thank you so much again for joining us, and today I'll be talking on permanent, greater than temporary, and I'll be reading from the Bible, and we'll pray together and share a few thoughts together. It's going to be reading today from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting from verse 7 to 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting from verse 7 to 11, let me read this for you. It says this, Now if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, how much more will what is permanent have glory? Pray with me for a moment, please. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity again to read uh, from the Bible. I pray today, Lord, you will open our eyes and our hearts to hear, to understand, to receive Jesus. And I thank you that every time that happens, our lives are never the same again. So we thank you today that Jesus is being revealed to us. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. In the verses that I just read, <coughs> excuse me, you kept hearing the word glory. <clears throat> the word glory really means a brilliance, light. It means weight. It means um, splendor. It means every good word you can possibly think of, all culminating into one, is the word glory. It is the very weight of God, the very essence of God. And uh, these verses that I just read talks about uh, a permanent glory and a temporary glory. And uh, that's what I want to talk about today, how permanent is greater than temporary. Once upon a time, the way God dealt with people was that God gave people rules to live by. It started off with the Ten Commandments, and the Bible says here, it calls it the ministry of death carved in letters on stone. Ministry of death carved in letters of stone. And uh, back in the day, the plan to live in a way where you are full of the glory of God was to give you commandments and rules to live by, where there were things that you had to obey and do, and, uh, and that was one way of, of connecting with God. But the Bible says that that was just very temporary, and it came and it faded, but what is now here is, is permanent, and it has come to stay. I want to say to you that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word gospel means good news. Let me say that again. The word gospel means good news. It is not good instruction. It is not good commandments. It is good news. 
The gospel is good news. In other words, it's an announcement. It's an announcement of an event that has already taken place. What is the event? Well, the event is this. Jesus came as man and died in your place, was buried in your place, has been resurrected in your place, and any man, woman, boy or girl, rich or poor, wherever you are, whatever you've done, whoever you are, if you will simply put your trust in Jesus, then the very glory of God is yours. Every single human being has fallen short of the glory of God, short of the incredible, brilliant life that God has designed for every human being. Not every Christian, but every human being. And the way to reconnect to that glory is not by trying hard to keep a set of commandments that were written on a stone. The way to reconnect to the glory of God is by simply putting your trust in Jesus. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is good news. It's a good announcement. It is not good instruction. It is not good commandments. It's not a good plan. The gospel is good news. So the three things I want to just share about the good news of Jesus Christ, the glory or the weight or the brilliance of God that we enjoy now. Number one, the glory of God is permanent and it is not temporary. The Bible says this, that the ministry of death, the carved in letters of stone, was a ministry that came to pass. But the ministry of glory that came through Jesus is a ministry that came to stay. I want to say to you, the moment you decide to put your trust in Jesus, the glory you receive is a permanent glory. It's, gonna not, it's, gonna, it's not going to fade next Sunday. It's not going to fade next Monday. It's not going to fade when you have a bad week. It's not going to fade when you fall in sin. It's not going to fade when people and circumstances around you change. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus, if you will simply believe it, simply trust in that good news, then the glory that is yours is permanent and is not temporary. Perhaps you're listening to me today and you've been convinced that the glory of God is something that comes and goes. It's something that makes an appearance when your favorite worship song is on. It's something that makes an appearance when your favorite preacher is on. But that's not how the glory of God works. If that is what you believe, then your mind can be deceived into thinking that that is a reality. But the reality is here. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, is that now the glory of God has not come to live the glory of God has come to stay. The glory of God is permanent and it is not temporary. So whatever it is that you want from God today, whether it is healing, whether it is provision, whether it is peace, whether it is identity, whatever it is that you're longing for God to do, my encouragement to you today is this. Whatever you're trusting God for, if you will simply believe the good news of Jesus, the glory of God on your life can be permanent and not temporary. And that's why I believe permanent is greater than temporary. Secondly, the Bible says in verse 9 that if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. The second thing I want to say to you today is that the permanent glory brings righteousness while the temporary glory brought condemnation. The gospel of Jesus Christ, this good news, this good announcement, 
hasn't come to tell you how bad you are, hasn't come to condemn you, hasn't come to put you down in your place, remind you of everything you've done and you shouldn't have done, everything that you could have done that you didn't do, and fill your mind with pressure and condemnation. No, the permanent glory that has come is greater than the temporary glory that used to be there, and the permanent glory that has come has brought with it the ministry of righteousness, not the ministry of condemnation. What does that mean? That means if you will simply believe the good news of Jesus Christ, the good announcement that in Jesus everything needed to reconnect with the God kind of life is already complete. If you will simply trust that news, then you and I have the privilege of being the righteousness of God. That means you and I have the same standing in God, in the presence of God, as Jesus himself does. So you and I are not to live another day in condemnation because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Believe it today. Your sins are forgiven. You are completely embraced. You have significance. Jesus has embraced you and you are righteous. That's why I believe the permanent glory is greater than the temporary glory because the temporary glory brought condemnation while the permanent glory brought righteousness. The third thing I want to say to you today in, uh, in this story or in these verses that we've just picked up in verse 12, it says this, okay, let me read verse 11 and 12, it says this, for if what was being brought to an end, which is temporary, came with glory, how much more will what is permanent have glory? Watch this in verse 12, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. The third thing I want to share about the permanent glory being greater than the temporary glory is this. This glory brings hope and boldness and confidence. It doesn't bring fear. It doesn't bring insecurity. It doesn't bring pressure. The Bible says in verse 12 that it brings us boldness Perhaps you're listening to me today and you feel, I'm not bold. That doesn't describe me. That doesn't describe me. That doesn't describe my personality. Actually, based on all the experiences I have had in my life, I'm the last person you would look at and say, this is a bold person. But I want to say to you today, your boldness does not depend on your experience. Your boldness does not depend on your personality. Your boldness does not depend on whether you're a loud person or a soft person. That's not what bold is about. According to verse 12, your boldness depends on where your hope is. And if your hope is in a temporary covenant that brings glory and then takes the glory away, then you will never have confidence and you will never have boldness. Why? Because every time you fall, every time you sin... Every time you fail, your boldness will get affected. But if your confidence is in the gospel of Jesus Christ that has brought permanent glory, according to verse 12, that brings you hope and therefore you are very bold. Very bold. I want to say to you, whatever you are facing in life today, you have the boldness to face it. 
You have the boldness to go through it. You have the boldness to make the decisions you need to be making. Some of you have been putting off decisions that you need to make in your life because you don't have the boldness to do it. I want to challenge you today. Why don't you go ahead and make those decisions? Why? Your boldness does not come from your strength, your ability, or your personality. Your boldness comes from the hope that is in Christ Jesus who has brought a permanent glory for you. The ministry of death carved in letters of stone has come to pass. But the ministry of righteousness that came with permanent glory has come to stay. Let me pray for you today because I truly believe that this message has the potential to change your life. Open your heart. You'll simply have to just believe and receive it. Like I said, the gospel is good news. It's not good instruction. It's not a good plan. It's not a good strategy. It's not a good commandment. The gospel is good news. And by simply believing the good news, you receive the permanent glory. So let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person who is feeling today like the presence of God in their life goes and comes. That the feeling of the closeness and the glory of God goes and comes. They, they look back at moments where they were in a conference or a prayer meeting or something happened and they felt the glory of God. But since then it has lifted. I pray in Jesus' name that there will be an end to the manifestation of temporary glory and that you will release us into a realm of permanent glory where we know that in Christ Jesus your glory is our glory, your victory is our victory, your strength is our strength and it has not come to lift, it has come to stay. So in Jesus' name, I pray that the permanent glory will belong to every person listening to the sound of my voice. I pray for every person, secondly, who's feeling condemnation, feeling guilt and shame. I thank you that this ministry, this life, this new way of living does not bring condemnation. It brings righteousness. I pray in Jesus' name that every person living in guilt and shame right now will be set free by simply believing the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And that, Lord, we will right now receive a manifestation of your righteousness in our thinking, in our behavior, in our actions, in the way we pray, in the way we deal with people. Help us to live as righteous people. And, Father, I pray lastly for every person who feels like they have no boldness and they have no confidence because they've been taught that that's not their personality, that's not how they look, that's not how they're wired, that's not how their experience is. Lord, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 12, our boldness is on the hope we have in the permanent glory. So I pray in Jesus' name for every person who is living with the spirit of timidity, with the spirit of fear, with the spirit of insecurity. I command in Jesus' name that we will be set free from the spirit of timidity, from the spirit of insecurity, from the spirit of fear. And we will walk in the spirit of boldness because our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. And I pray that this glory will release a wave of boldness in us we have never had before, that we will will love boldly. We will make bold decisions. We will care and give and connect with people with such boldness that we will not be ashamed of the gospel, the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you for freedom that the permanent glory brings. I thank you that permanent is greater than temporary because of Jesus. 
And at Beacon Church, we receive it. And every person listening to me, we want to say we receive the glory that is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. God is not in a hurry to change you, but he is in a hurry to love you. And you have an opportunity today to make a decision to respond to that love. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't strive hard and hope that one day you'll earn enough brownie points to be right with God. That's not how it works. Jesus came and did what you could not do, died in your place, was buried in your place, and was risen again. And the Bible says, if you will believe in your heart that Jesus died, and if you will confess with your mouth that he was risen from the dead, then you will be saved, meaning you will be rescued from an old identity, thrust into a new identity where you are a child of God, and you will have the opportunity to enjoy the glory, the permanent glory we've been talking about today, the permanent brilliance, the permanent weight, the permanent weight of God goodness. I want that to be your life. So why don't you pray with me if you feel urge in your heart or just simple faith to say yes to Jesus. I'd like to lead you in a very simple prayer. And if you'd like to repeat after me, I'd like to lead you in this prayer. Jesus, I believe that you died and you rose again. Thank you that my life is now yours and your life is now mine. This is not temporary. This is permanent because of Jesus. Amen. I believe if you've made that prayer, you have made the most important decision you've ever made in your life. I'd love to connect with you, help you take your next steps. Please reach out to us on our website or our social media pages. We'll pray with you, help you, take your next steps, connect you to the wider Beacon Church family, and uh, it'd be a delight and a pleasure for us to do that. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this video's message and today's message has helped you, I want to encourage you to share it with a friend. It might bless and help them too. You can catch up on this message on our podcast via our website or catch up on the entire Sunday service on our YouTube channel. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you next week. God bless.